Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm a transformational leader and an instigator of joy. I use human design, intuition, and professional coaching to help people relax into their true essence so they can experience more ease, joy, and abundance. Today, I have something special for you. My friend Shauna Goldbrand is on the podcast today and we are going deep. This is such a juicy one. This is something that you may want to have a journal handy. You may want to take notes. You may want to listen to this one a couple times. Shauna and I went to coaching school together ages ago. And while we've been loosely in touch since then, this is our first like really good, juicy, like getting into a conversation since then. And it was so good. It felt so good. And I am so honored to share all of this with you today. Shauna Gulbrand is a certified professional self-awareness and transformational coach with two certifications from the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. That's IPEC. That's where Shauna and I went to school together and the International Coach Federation. She's been offering her intuitive coaching for close to a decade. Shauna is a 200 hour certified yoga teacher and a 50 hour certified yin yoga teacher who has been practicing for seven years and teaching for five. Shauna is passionate about helping others learn how to let go of fear, negativity, and limitations to allow more joy and harmony as they embrace the freedom of being who they truly are. Shauna understands that our primary purpose in life is to be more of who we are. Her intuitive coaching style and yoga classes help guide clients through their journey to be their journey and to know themselves more deeply, more fully, more truly, and feel the fulfillment of their potential. Shauna is a gift. And Shauna's energy to me feels like a really warm embrace, like a hot mug of cocoa on a snowy day. And I hope you feel that energy from this conversation. I just can't wait to hear all of the ahas that you have from this. So please reach out to me. I want to hear how this episode lands for you. Email me at Kelsey at KelseyAbbott.com. And remember, that's the same place you can email me if you want to talk about choose your own adventure coaching. That means we work together in some way where we combine human design and coaching, but I'm not going to make you fit in a box. I'm not going to make you like pick a pre-prepared coaching outline or program or anything like that. Together, we get to choose the adventure and what works best for both of us. Of course, if you do want to choose something that I already laid out, like the price and the timing form, you can choose a mini coaching session, a full coaching session, or you can get yourself a human design reading for just you or for you and your partner, or you can check out my human design masterclasses. These are things you can do all by yourself. In other words, they're recordings that you get to watch anytime you want. So there is a masterclass for manifesting generators. Learn what does it mean to be an MG? How are you supposed to be in this world as an MG that is so not made for MGs? You can learn that all in the MG masterclass. There's also one for emotional authority. Get to know the incredible superpower that is emotional authority. I have emotional authority and I feel like most people in human design actually everyone that I've come across kind of, you know, puts emotional authority off to the side, just being like, yeah, it's, it's a hassle. It's a challenge. Oh my goodness. You guys, it is actually this amazingly incredible gift. It is. I feel like I've unlocked this superpower so you can get the masterclass for emotional authority. And if you have a four, six profile or know, or love somebody who is a four, six, you can also get the four, six profile masterclass. All of that is at KelseyAbbott.com. Now, how about I get out of the way and you get to listen to Shauna and me have a beautiful conversation. I love you. You are amazing. You are a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. I'm so excited to do this with you. And I can't believe it has taken us so long. We needed to go our own paths before we came back together for this very reason. We did. We did. Whatever it is. I know. We don't know. But we weren't supposed to start right away. We were taught that. The universe was like, but you may not speak initially. Yes. But we did. We did. A little bit. <laughs> Well, then there was the gold once, once all technology was on board with us. Do you remember 
I was thinking like right after we finished IPAC, you had that radio show and you interviewed me on that. I have no idea what we talked about. It doesn't matter because all I remember is we got up and danced at some point. Did we? <laughs> we did. And you suggested that. You said, you know, at some point, maybe we could just like throw on a song and we could get up and dance. And I thought that is a fantastic idea. I do remember that part of it. I also remember being very sick because I had blown both my eardrums on the flight down there. So I do rem I remember that part of it. Um, but I, I loved having you on that, on that show. And I loved that moment where I just got up and I started dancing in the middle of the studio. It was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I had forgotten about that. I just remember where I was standing when we were talking. And it also feels like a lifetime ago. Doesn't it? I think it was 2015. I yeah. think it was 2015 or 20. It maybe it doesn't matter, but it has been some years since we've done that. Yeah. I would like to share that I think of you often because you were either the first or one of the first fellow students that I worked with in IPAC when we broke out into sessions. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I do. You that's do. when I okay, first cool. started feeling your hugging energy. Okay. That's so awesome. I've actually used your story, not using your name or anything, um, to share that experience and how awesome it was and how wonderful it was to see you the real you and and to be in that place to support your decisions moving forward in your life I just loved it and I loved how authentic and open and vulnerable you were oh do you do you actually remember what we talked about it was about you not having children oh oh <gasps> Wow. I completely forgot. See, it was a lifetime ago. That was even, even another lifetime. That, wow. That was a long time ago. Oh goodness. That's like such a part of me. That's such a solid thing that I know to be true that I don't want my own children, human children. Um, cause I want furry children, yep. <laughs> um, that I had even forgotten that. Oh, thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. Thank you for giving me the memory to hold on to for all these years. Mm. Okay. So we haven't caught up in person, well, as in person as this can be in a long time, but I've been reading your emails, loving them, watching your growth. We've been texting occasionally. And one of the things you've been up to is social media exit. How is it? Fantastic. In fact, what's today? Today's the 17th. I think tomorrow is a month that I am completely and utterly gone. It has been life changing. Now I've experienced this before because I've left for periods of time and then slowly made my, my way back into it. And I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. And I read Cal Newton's book, Digital Minimalist. Mm -hmm. I sent it over to my son and his girlfriend. And I am proud to be in that place of saying, I am a digital minimalist. I do not spend a lot of time on my phone or on my computer unless it's in a place of creativity or if I'm communicating with whomever. It's been fantastic. I, it's, so it's been two years since I exited social media and we talked about it a little bit on the podcast, like right afterwards, but it hasn't really come up since then. And it's again, such a part of like, I have absolutely zero desire to go back on social media. Mm -hmm. So what have, what has opened for you in the last month? Life, mm -hmm. life has opened for me. Creativity. Okay. So let me say this. I did notice that you were gone. And there were a couple of times I went over to, uh, I think it was Instagram. I went over to your page and I thought, oh, Kelsey's still not there. She must have left. And then I did see that you sent something out in your newsletter. I didn't think anything much more about it. But occasionally I would think to myself, I need to do that. Like I need to get off completely because I think that's what I really want to do. So again, I told you I practiced it. I was gone for 
about four months back during the pandemic. And now what's opened up is really life has reopened up to me. I have found myself reading more. I am more in a creative mode because I have lots and lots of ideas. Everything's coming together for something that I am creating that I will be offering whoever is energetically drawn to it, hopefully in the next few months. I don't miss much there. There are a few pages that would tell me about the cycles of the moon and you know what to expect and what sort of energy to work with. I miss hearing about the James Webb Space Telescope. I really enjoyed that. But other than that, there's really nothing that I miss about there. So everything else has opened up. And I was really using it as a means of distraction. So when I was in that place of this is what I really want to do with my life, you know, let me do a little bit about this. I would pick up my phone and I would look on social media and then I would not do any more of it. And when I sat with that, when I became really curious and really honest with myself, I realized that I was using it as a means of distraction because I was really too afraid to do this work. I was afraid of being successful with it. And I used that distraction to keep me in a small space, to keep me small, to dull my light. And it got to the point right around the time I started talking to you about it and I got the book that I said to myself, I'm done. Like I'm done playing small. I yearn to live a life bigger than that of others. And if that means outshining people and people feel bad about that, then so be it. I'm not responsible for how they feel with me being in my own light and in my own power. So leaving social media has helped me to get aligned with what it is I'm really here to do. Yes. And I've, I've actually... I didn't think of it until right now, but first of all, I did notice that you are starting this book club and like, yes. it's just like, I can, I'm like, Oh, divine, divine inspiration comes through Shauna. And now she's like excited and inspired. Um, that's a definite result of the clearing of social media. And it just like the groundedness of your energy, the, the light of your energy, there has been a shift because it, it's like you can finally focus on yourself wow so that that brought up a little something when you said that because before we started recording I was telling you I shared with you about how self-centered and self-righteous I am or I can be so when you said that I thought to myself I immediately thought I am focused on myself too much but you're right I'm focused on my mission here, my purpose here, and that is to be of service in a way that is me, right? Being my authentic true self, taking what I have learned over the past 13 years and bringing it to people who are ready to go through a similar process. So yes, stepping away from social media has allowed me to focus on myself and it's a beautiful thing and it's not a selfish thing. It's just, it's wonderful. I wish more and more people would step away from social media. In fact, when I'm with a client and they're not doing what they say they want to do, one of the first things we talk about is what are you using for distractions? You're not going to be able to get anything done unless you recognize your distractions and alter them or get rid of them completely. And social media is a big distraction um, in, our, in our culture. Yeah. And it's normalized. I mean, there, I, I had a lot of fun on social media yeah, and, and then I was done with it and I'm... I don't miss it at all. So tell me Shauna, the question, every, every other business owner asks me, well, how do you get clients? <laughs> By being myself and putting myself out there and taking risks and talking to people the old fashioned way before mm -hmm. social media was here. And Kelsey, let me share with you that when I left back in 2020, it was because I needed to get clear on what I was believing to be true about social media. And I think that a lot of that has happened, that people have embraced this truth that the only way that they're going to grow their business is on social media. 
well, how about you take a step back and reassess that belief and try a different approach and see what happens? I'm not one to follow someone's formula. And I, I see all these things about, oh, take this course and you can know the right algorithms and do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And I'm like, that's insane to me. I cannot focus like that. And when I took a step back for uh, back in 2020, everything thrived. So if it could happen then, why can't it happen now? It is happening now. So mm -hmm. I would suggest that people get really clear about what it is they're believing to be true. And is there value in what it is you're doing online? Does it bring value to your business? Does it bring value to you as a person? Or are you just trying to do what all these other people are doing and what society and our culture is telling us you need to do rather yeah. than being in your own truth? Is there something in you whispering, there's got to be a better way? Uh, when I was on social media? Oh, I know for me, for like a year or so before I went off, I kept hearing there's a better way. There's a better way. There's a better yeah. way. And I was like, but what, but what? And then I was like, screw it. I'm done with this. I will say that I was spending. So when I slipped back into it, I thought, well, I'm just going to use social media as a billboard. And I'll just post like this and I'll post this. But what was happening was instead of being with my excitements, what I'm in creating now, I was thinking, well, what am I going to post today? What message am I going to post on social media today? How am I going to bring that message across? And more time was being spent to how I was going to promote myself on social media than being with what it is I'm trying to create. Yeah, That was big. That was it for me. I found myself in the back of my mind. I would be thinking about, yeah, what am I going to write today? What am I? Oh, shoot. I got to find a picture. I got exactly. Like, oh. And then I was like the freedom of going off, just being able to be inspired as I was inspired. So right. trying to squeeze it out of me. Exactly. Flowing instead of forcing. Mm hmm. I don't even look at my photos on my phone anymore. I don't have to. I would spend so much time in photos like, oh, what photo do I want to use? I barely even look at that now. It's such freedom. So what opened up for me, your original question, freedom. Mm. There has been such an increase of freedom within my physical body, within my energetic field and in my life, freedom. What does it feel like in your physical body? excitement and lightness. Where do you feel it? All over my entire I, being. I mean, as a generator, which I'm pretty sure you are, um, that's the sign that you're in alignment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I am in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing and with who I really am. Yes, there are still some things. There's always going to be things that we need to work on. And that opportunity to look at ourselves and say, okay, this really isn't the person I prefer to be. How, let me start shifting that. But I feel absolutely more in alignment with who I am. And then allowing myself to show that to the world authentically. Mm. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that part of your story. I have had more people in the last like six months be like, so business without social media, huh? Do you think I could do it too? Like maybe, maybe, maybe I could try it. So I think, I hope that your personal experiences that you just shared inspire some other people to, to see that it's not just crazy Kelsey who did it and is making it work. It is possible for Shauna as well. And maybe for more people. It's absolutely positive possible for more people. And I, again, I suggest that your listeners ask themselves, be really curious and be really honest. What are you believing to be true about social media? your role on social media, your business on social media, what are you believing to be true? And is that in alignment with your own truth, with the person you prefer to be, with the, with the service you prefer to offer the world? There will always be an audience if you have a gift to share. 
Mm. And you don't need to figure out the how. You simply need to be willing. Shana, we could Kelsey. stop now, but I don't want to. But that was Mike really dropped. good. Yeah, that that'll <laughs> that's a quotable. Thank you very much. Let's let's shift a little bit to all that goodness, that juicy goodness we were talking about before we hit record. This like supposed self-righteousness that you feel, yes. which is, I told you, I find kind of funny because I feel your energy as super compassionate and this really good hug. Like I think of Shauna and I think of being hugged and it, it was a surprise to me that you didn't, you weren't aware of that. I was not. So I'll share because I believe that my shares of authenticity and vulnerability inspire others to do the same, to look at themselves and to do the same. I asked the universe to show me or give me experiences where I could understand my compassion more deeply. I have never believed myself to be a compassionate person. My husband is, my husband is the couch. He's the big hug. I was always the type of person, I don't care if you're sick, get to school. You're not bleeding, get your ass to school. That type of mindset. My truth is I have, for the most part of my life, been very controlling and rigid, self-righteous, self-centered, angry, irritable, a lot. When I asked the universe, now this has happened before, I asked the universe to show me how I can take better care of myself. And two days later, I fell down my basement stairs and completely ignored the fact that I fell down my stairs and put everybody else's needs first. So I'm not surprised that this happened again. So I asked the universe to give me, show me some uh, opportunities for me to be more compassionate. And two days later, my husband slipped on the ice for the second time in one day and hurt himself. I mean, he was really hurt. He's fine now. He was really hurt in the moment, but he's fine. And in those moments where he needed me the most, I was completely absent. I was simply in my self-righteousness. All I wanted to do was tell him that he's always falling. You know, the whole list, the whole gauntlet of projected negative sort of comments. But I was also witnessing myself. And what I was witnessing was this tension, the struggle between that great mother archetype and the self-righteousness and the need to control. And I couldn't break it. So I just witnessed it. I just sat with the tension of it. And I so badly wanted that great mother to be there. So I could offer him compassion and say, I'm so sorry. What can I do for you? Like it was just non-existent. Sounds really good right now, but it was non-existent in the moment. So through my practices and my disciplines of looking within myself, looking at the thoughts that I think, the feelings that I have, the behaviors that don't fit the person that I am anymore. I got curious and just started asking myself some questions. You know, what, what was I afraid of? Like if I offered compassion in that moment, what was I afraid might happen? And I have my notebook, my, I'm going to take this up just because I have some good answers in here, but what I discovered was I was afraid of losing control. So I sat with that. Well, what does that mean? Like, what, what story am I telling myself in that? I was afraid that my marriage would crumble. I was afraid that my identity would crumble and I would not be who I was. So with that, I just went, I'm not going to get into the whole story of it, but I went deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what brought up this idea of I'm always angry and irritable and biting. And it's not the person I want to be. So I've done multiple pages of journal work, lots of stillness and inner reflection, playful curiosity, honest self-investigation. And I still open my arms to more opportunities to be a more compassionate person. And I know that the great mother is within me and I am willing to allow her to emerge. So when I think about being compassionate, I get scared. 
This reminds me of back in 2009 when my whole journey began and I knew I had to shift and I was terrified. So I come back to, I don't need to figure out the how. I just need to be willing to be a more compassionate person and to trust that it's all going to unfold at a pace that's safe for me to experience. Because sometimes I think about the Grinch when he, his heart is like pounding out of his chest and he's overwhelmed with emotion. That was one of my fears. I didn't want to be overwhelmed with emotion. So this whole process, and this has been the past two weeks of my life, has helped me to shift. And I am more aware of everything moment to moment to moment, witnessing myself as I have the thoughts, as the feelings arise, as the behavior will show up. And again, I know I sound like a broken record, but I don't have to figure out how to do it. I simply need to be willing and let the universe figure out the how for me. Absolutely. And this, I love the timing of this because we're recording this in February. Amy and the greater consciousness told us that in February, like the energy for this month, we're going to find I call them post-it notes that are things that we're not necessarily conscious of. Like, in fact, we're not, they're like these old beliefs that we've tucked around and we like move a box and we find this old post-it note and we're like, Oh, what? Huh? I guess that belief was like, you know, totally unaware of it and time to clear that out. No, that's not me anymore. Really interesting that you say that because I call them the stream of of self-talk, the narrative that is ongoing in the back of our heads. And if we pay attention, I could be talking to you, I am talking to you right now, but there's thoughts going on in the back of my head. And I've become increasingly aware of those thoughts. And that's how I began to recognize my anger and my irritability that has been there. And a lot of it, I don't think I mentioned this yet, was the self-punishment. I've become aware that I am perpetually self-punishing myself mentally and emotionally. And it's all happening back here in the back. And you know, so much of what we go through, you're right, is unconscious. We have unconscious belief systems that start, the post-it notes is perfect. They just start to pop up here and pop up there. It's, it's a game almost, right? So this is how I approach it. It's a playful game that I enjoy doing because I'm learning more about myself. And our ultimate goal on this planet is to be more of who we are, our real, true, core, essential self. Another mic drop. You know, the thing about beliefs, we all come into this world with a structure of beliefs already in place for the themes we're here to explore, for the lessons we're here to learn. And then early in childhood, we are conditioned by our mother, our family, our uh, religious leaders, our teachers, our culture, uh, our community. And all of those beliefs just get piled on top of each other. Many of those core beliefs are negative. They're fear-based and they're limiting. And that's where they kind of sit in that false self-personality and that vulnerable inner child and her uh, what are they called? Not belief systems, but her value systems. And it's so unconscious and it's so deeply rooted that when we become an adult and things aren't working out the way we want them to work out, it's because so much of that is unconscious. But we cannot have a thought, a feeling, a belief, an experience, a behavior, unless there's the belief first. Our entire reality is rooted in our belief systems. And I did the number, I looked up some research, some 90% of our thoughts, the average person has between 20 and 60,000 thoughts per day. The average of those 90% of them are negative, negative, and 80% are repetitive. That's wow. huge. So if our thoughts are creating our reality, what is that saying about the reality that the average person is creating? If most of their thoughts are negative and repetitive, that's why it's important to start paying attention to that back talk because that's where a lot of healing can take place and a lot of awareness can take place. 
Absolutely. Find the post-it notes, take them down, put them in yeah, the recycling. And, and sit with them. Yeah. The big ones sit with the, the most recent one that I shared on the podcast that I found was not a big one. It was a silly one. It was a, oh, there's a post-it note here that says, um, athletes need to swim. Like, it, it was, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like, because I was out of the pool with a shoulder injury for so long, I was like, oh, I have this belief that I'm, I'm like no longer an athlete because I'm not currently swimming. It was just a silly one that needed to be looked at, read aloud, laughed at, sat with for like played with for a couple hours and then released. Yeah. The outer layers of the onion. Yeah. That's the way I like to look at, at it that our core negative beliefs are at that center of the onion and then layered upon on top of it are just other layers that are reinforcing the core beliefs below. And, but they can lead to dysfunctional behavior and they can lead to us not reaching for our potential and they can hold us back from doing the things that we really want to do. May I share something with you and your audience that I did? Um, so when I was in this process over the past couple of weeks about my lack of compassion, that's what I'll call it right now. And, and my anger and my self punishment, I allowed myself to go to why I'm beating myself up all the time. And I'm going to read this right from my journal. So I've been asking myself, what am I so angry about? What am I mad about? What do I get mad about? And I wrote everything. I find myself in a perpetual state of anger. I'm not doing enough. I'm doing too much. Um, I'm not doing enough work. I don't like to cook. My unwillingness to cook for my family, beating myself up all the time, always punishing myself for not being the person I'm supposed to be. And I asked, well, who am I supposed to be? A healthy, thin, attractive woman, a good wife, a mom who will do anything for her children, a doting daughter intent on making my parents' life comfortable and happy someone who does and acts like a woman, what a woman would do, someone who makes a lot of money, someone who works hard, makes money, keeps the house clean, feeds her family, keeps her husband happy, someone who is intelligent, someone who was supposed to go to school and earn a degree and so on and so on and so on. And just in that one sitting, I recognized all of the things that I was telling myself I'm supposed to be. And it's debilitating when we buy into those voices. And those are the voices that I was buying into that I was getting mad at the fact that I was buying into them and then punishing myself because of it. Oh, thank you so much for sharing those. Those are so good. And like, look how fast they came. Oh, they, they just came right out one after another. Yeah. Yeah. For any of you listening who are dealing with anger, I invite you to get curious if you're beating yourself up, you're angry because you're punishing yourself for not being this person or not doing this thing. Just become mindful of that because that's what happens is we beat ourselves up for buying into the voices that are telling us we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. When really, truly we are here for something so much bigger than all of that. Amen. It's true. We're here to relax into our true essence, to relax, to soften into our true essence. (sighs) But our challenges are here. We create our challenges. We create our experiences. And we create our challenges so that we can overcome them and transform them and be more of the person we want to be, allow for the emergence of our real true core self. This is more spiritual terms here. But that's what we're supposed to be doing. And challenges are here for a reason. So try not to judge them, validate them because they're in front of us for a reason, just like with our technical issues when we first trying to get started. Let's validate this. It's clearly here for a reason. The universe is clearly like, whatever you're going to say in these first 15 minutes, don't say it. Exactly. I was out in Arizona last September at the SEER conference. 
and it was almost 14 days and I was really tired and I just wanted to get home. And there was something wrong with the de-icer on the plane out in Phoenix, in, uh, excuse me, Tucson. And we sat on the tarmac for two hours. And I remember just the fuming, I would get so angry and then I'd try to bring myself down. Well, it wasn't until we were in the air and the sun was going down and I had a window seat and I hadn't flown at night in so long that it hit me. I wasn't supposed to fly during the day. I was supposed to fly at night in order to be able to view the beauty that I saw while flying as the sun was going down and into the nighttime. Mm, yeah, so the universe was setting you I, up for awe. And we don't realize it until retrospect, until we can look back. Mm-hmm. Always. It's all about trusting that <sighs> the universe is going to bring us the perfect thing at the perfect time. Yes. And that's challenging for a lot of people, especially right. people who like to control their lives and want every step laid out before them. No, you got to surrender, surrender, let yourself fall and trust that it's all going to work out to your highest good, even though what happens is always for your highest good. So what ha- a lot of time, what's happened, what happens is someone, something is placed in front of someone that they don't prefer they don't want it. They want it taken away and they're not validating it. They're invalidating it. And it's there for a reason. And no matter what the outcome is, it's for our highest good. Even if it's not an outcome that we prefer, it's for our highest good. Our physical minds don't know what is up for our highest good. We have our wants, we have our desires, but it's only our higher mind, our higher self that knows what is the best outcome for us. So with that, we can relax into the trust. We can surrender to the unfolding and know that no matter the outcome, no matter what is put in front of us, it's there for a reason and it is for our highest good. Like the airplane, I didn't realize it in the moment. It's not until in retrospect that I realized that it was for my highest good. Shauna, before we hit record, you said that you are, you didn't say gleefully, but that's the word that's coming through for me right now, gleefully moving into the crone phase. And I just have to say like the words and the energy that is coming through you right now. Oh yes. You are absolutely positively owning this wisdom of, of the crone. And I just love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I think I'm perimenopausal that's what they they define it as or that's what you've been labeled as I, and I, I have a thing with labels um in fact you know what they call those spells that happen when women are going through menopause I flat out refuse to say that I am having one I've noticed that there are moments of warmth in my body and interestingly enough I'm really accepting them because I'm always cold. So it's been nice to like have these warm moments in my body. And I'm done being an active full-time mother. My youngest is going to be 23 this year. He still lives here, but, and that's been a challenge for me to separate that obligation um, of because he lives here to still be in that mom role. I'm moving out of the mom role. And the crone time is so exciting to me because I love the idea of being a wise woman in my community and to be that soft, cushy couch that holds people in compassion and nurturing and nourishment and in wisdom. I mean, I see you stepping into that. Absolutely. Especially over the last month. Yeah, there's been a lot of transition, a lot of shifting. And it's because I left social media. It really, leaving social media behind has played a huge role. Mm. So what is it, like what what do you see? Let's talk more about this crone phase. Like how would you define crone? Wisdom, knowledge, sharing, being of service inspiring others to be their real, true, core, authentic self, 
not giving a shit what anybody has to say about me. Um, I hate labeling it or defining it this way, but losing that ability to reproduce, which I had my tubes tied when my second son was born. So that was gone a long time ago. So that really doesn't mean too much for me. The crone, the crone time for me means teaching. It means teaching, wisdom, knowledge, sharing that, inspiring others into disciplines and practices that brought me to where I am, especially if they're drawn to. So I had my coaching client today was telling me that she's like, I admire the way that you're so authentic. And I was like, okay, this, like, those are the type of people, if this is what you're looking for. So think about someone you admire. What are the qualities and characteristics in that person that you admire? They're within you and they're a reflection that maybe you want to bring some of that out. That's the type of person I think of in my crone stage. I also think of, I know this is going to sound really self-centered and self-righteous, but me and doing the things that I love to do, knowing that I don't have the responsibilities of a mother. I'm always going to be here for my children, but it's different. Mm. You know, it, it's interesting hearing you describe all those things that like your definition of the crone, because I've known you for what, seven years, more than that, eight, nine years. Yeah. And I think those words have described you since the first day I met you. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's just, it's always been a part of you and now you're yes. finally able to see it. I think so. I think that is exactly what is happening. And I'm very grateful to my parents. Remember, we all choose our parents. I'm very grateful for my parents for conditioning me and programming me in the way that they did when I was young, even though it's hugely dysfunctional. They were ideal at doing their job the way that they promised to do, do in our sacred contract. And if it wasn't for that sort of upbringing, my life would have been very different and I wouldn't be here. But this is part of my unfolding. And these, this is part of the themes I'm here to explore and how I'm being of service here. And it's exciting. I totally love that perspective. I'm 100% on board with us choosing our parents and that we have the soul contract and we are, we're supposed to learn from them and they're supposed to learn from us. And we've decided all ahead of time. And so many people struggle with that. Like, why would I choose these people as parents? And I think it's exactly what you just said. If we had quote unquote, perfect parents, whatever that definition is for us, everything would be so different. Right. It's very true. The past couple of weeks and all of the inner deep inner soul work that I have done, I recognize so much anger towards my mother and I felt it. I allowed myself to feel the anger, but it wasn't this place of blame. It was understanding. There's no reason to blame my parents or my mother for anything she did or continues to do. It's about the understanding. Oh, that's why I am like I am today. And now understanding this, I can shift towards the person I prefer to be. So it's never about inner child work to me is never about blame. It is about understanding and forgiveness. Forgiveness plays a huge role in inner child work. And compassion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. That word doesn't generally come up for me when I'm doing inner child work. This is all perfectly orchestrated, Kelsey. There's a reason for all of this. Oh, that's a big word for me. It is. And I'm, I'm so excited to see how it continues to evolve for you. Me too. We all have those words that are super triggery or we really don't identify with at all. And then, and then we find ourselves like, they're like the biggest word in our life. Exactly. When I think of compassionate, I think of, I, I, please don't take this the wrong way. Look at me. I'm like doing a little precursor to what mm -hmm. I'm about to say, but there's a, that feeling in me that says weakness, or I'm going to get taken advantage of if I am just like compassionate all the time. 
but really it's about finding the balance. So we live in a very masculine world. The feminine has been suppressed for far too long. And it's not about the rising feminine to take over the masculine. It's about finding the balance. So recognizing within me that masculine, no, I can't be compassionate. And then allowing that to rise up to find that balance, that beautiful balance of when I know I can be compassionate and when I know I need to be assertive. It's the receiving, the giving, the being, the action and finding that balance between the two. Um, and this is so timely because I was thinking, you know, the word that used to trigger me is feminine. I remember somebody years ago saying, what is feminine? What's the first thing that comes up for you when you think of the word feminine? And I thought of feminine products and like a pink frilly, like powdery, like sickly, sickly powdery smell. It was definitely absolutely positively not positive at all. And here I am years later saying the same things you are about the feminine. And this shoulder lesson, I said yesterday, I said two things. I said, universe, if you wanted me to use my left hand more, there are easier ways to go about this. Cause I, my left hand is a total champ. I have, I'm just really proud of it. And, um, and then I also mentioned that I feel like I've been going through lessons of receiving lately, you know, like really, truly receiving and not having that feeling of like, oh my God, they gave me something so incredible. I want to give them something back, but instead just, oh my God, they gave me something really, truly incredible and just receiving. And then I was like, oh, isn't this funny? Right side, right shoulder is the doing is the like is the masculine side left side the receiving so use my left side more receive more use the feminine more and there's the feminine mm -hmm. we have definitions in our culture of what feminine is and it's the frilly pink and blah 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 blah, blah. everything that we've been defined to believe as feminine and maybe part of those definitions are the masculine's way of keeping the feminine suppressed. I don't know, that just came up intuitively. But you're right, it's that it's, there's a difference between those definitions and what that looks like in our culture to what the feminine really and truly is and what it feels like within each one of us. Yeah, the receiving, the simple receiving and our intuition. One of the things that I didn't mention before that I was going to bring up is the need to be with our feelings because that's where our intuition is. That is allowing some of the feminine to come up when you can, when anyone can take the time to be with their feelings. And of course, social media just came up, right? Let me distract myself because I don't want to feel this thing whatever you're afraid to feel, you've felt it and you've lived through it and you can feel it and live through it again. So allow the feminine to find that balance within you, allow the feeling. And that's where our intuition is. But we have to take the time to listen, to get still and listen. And it's very hard when these things are in our hands 24 hours a day. Yeah. They are amazing Thinking. numbing devices. They sure are. But at the same time, they're incredible. My husband and I were watching something. We had a question. I looked it up and I'm like, oh, oh, here's the answer. I'm like, this, this is incredible, right? This little thing. When it's used to add value. When it's used consciously. When we decide, I have a question. I want an answer. Yes. Amen. That is a very, very good point that you brought up, Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Consciously. And when are you conscious? And when do you go unconscious? And oftentimes, people go unconscious when they don't want to feel something. So if you, you're anyone listening, wants to know more about your own feminine side, what that feels like, what that looks like to you, Start by allowing yourself to feel a little bit at a time, a little bit. Yeah. I can tell you that my own journey, I've never been 
overwhelmed by anything, which is interesting because one of my beliefs was I'll be overwhelmed if I feel compassion. Everything that has emerged within me, from within me, has been at a pace that's comfortable for me, that has not left me in this place of overwhelm. So start small and build. I think that's really interesting because oftentimes I find that the things that we are most afraid of are the things that it's like, oh yeah, and look, look how you've always been supported through that. Yep. Even in the hardest emotions, I have found, and I practiced this while I was in deep grief, asking myself, are you okay? And the answer was always yes. This hurts a lot. This is really hard. And I'm okay. Yeah. It's finding the comfort within the discomfort. Yeah. Feeling the tension of both the discomfort and the comfort, the painful feelings and the comfortable feelings, holding that tension at your heart center. And when we do that, something beautiful is birthed from that. Feel both. Be with both acknowledge and validate both because we are this and we're that we're not one or the other we're everything and everything is us we're not disconnected from anything or anyone including god you've had so many mic drops here i just you've left me speechless more (laughs) than like any other podcast guest Shauna, this is why we needed to wait five years to do this. I think so. I had a lot of work to do before that. Before you had me on here. There's something that's that's really eating away at me that I want, if I may suggest something, Kelsey, because I'm looking at your, your shoulder. Yeah. Have you ever done body mapping? I don't know. Not that I know of. What, do what you play with crayons? Do you play with crayons and paper at all? Yeah, yes. Oh, good. So I've done this on myself with the different pains and aches in my body. What you do is you draw out on a piece of paper, your body, like the backside. So I just drew my head and my whole body down. And of course I tried not to judge what I was drawing. And I took crayons that I felt I needed to, or I was drawn to. And I drew whatever the discomfort or the pain looked like at those certain points on my body. So I've had issues with my shoulder as well. And I ended up using red because again, everything was angry. So I just used a lot of red and I just drew in the spots in my body map where I felt this pain or this discomfort and then sat with that and allowed my intuition to speak, allowed myself to become a channel. And I just started writing down different words around the, where I drew the pain or the discomfort or different phrases. And then I sat with that. And this is a great opportunity to listen to what our bodies are telling us. Just by those words or those phrases coming up, we can then sit with that and get curious. Oh, what is that? Why would I have written, not why, because I don't like why. Why is like instilling judgment. What, What could I be believing to be true that had me write that word? a great exercise. That is such a good exercise. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Anything that can help us get back into our bodies. Amen. I know I say that a lot. I never say amen, but for some reason I'm feeling called to say it today on your podcast. I don't know why. Um, I don't generally go around saying amen. (laughs) to know that. Um, I started teaching yin. I became a yin teacher, got certified, and that this is just another thing that was supposed to happen and it's all part of the rising feminine within me and it gives me the opportunity and the students who take my class the opportunity to get reassociated reconnected with the physical body because our bodies are speaking to us but we need to take the time to tune in and listen to become still to stop with the distractions in order to heal our lives and heal our body. It's funny that this is coming through for you right now to share Shauna, because my North node in human design is to, um, learn through my physical body. And like, I know it's my, one of my biggest gifts and the last three years, 
it, it has been amplified. Like my body and I, we talk a lot and yeah, this is just perfect. Thank you for seeing me. You're so welcome, Kelsey. Thank you for seeing me. You are so welcome. You are such a beautiful, loving hug of a human. And you are a beautiful, supportive, inspirational, motivational human being. And I will say when I was, before I left social media, when, before I really knew you were gone forever, I did miss your posts because you were an inspiration. So that's what I was talking about. I would see you and I would think, wow, look at her being who she is, putting herself out there, being bold, taking risks, speaking her truth. You were simply reflecting back to me something that's already within me that was trying to come out. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I am, I am a mirror. We all are though. Mm -hmm. We all mirror each other in all of the experiences, the good ones, the bad ones, however you want to label them. They're all reflecting back to us something that needs to be healed within ourselves or something that needs to be let emerged from within ourselves. Life is a 100% mirror reflection of our strongest beliefs, our strongest definitions, and our strongest programming. And when you approach life from that perspective, you understand you're creating your life and that people are reflecting back to you, especially the ones who trigger us, are reflecting back to us something we need to know within us. And every trigger is an invitation. Absolutely. And every time you're pointing the finger of blame or judge at someone, that is an opportunity to go look in a mirror. Absolutely. Blame usually makes me giggle because it was like, oh, and what, what are you really doing there, little human? Are you trying right? to control something? <laughs> how's, that, how's that going for you? Yeah. You want to I noticed this week, again? I was like getting all up in my head about my son and what I was thinking doesn't matter. But I stopped and I thought, okay, Shauna, do you see what you're doing right now? Because everything you're thinking about him and projecting outward toward him, I'm actually judging myself. Yeah. And it was so perfect. Need these little reminders. Mm -hmm. These little reminders of you're adorable. You're you just like, ugh, you're just trying to scramble and control it all, and you're just gonna wear yourself out there. Cutie and we're pie. doing the best we can. I mm -hmm. really truly believe that we're all doing the best that we can. Some people might disagree with that statement. I but agree we with really it. are. Every and single need, one of us. Yeah, and we need to be more kind and gentle to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I remember years ago, I forget who said this. Maybe it was Brene Brown. It was a, it was a long time ago reading. Remember that we're all doing the best we can. And that mom that brings cheese balls to the PTA last luncheon is doing the best she can. That's right. For some reason, I think it was the cheese balls that always stuck with me. <laughs> Shauna, this has been such oh. a pleasure. Thank you so much. Kelsey, this, we need to do this again. So yes, <laughs> maybe please. not for the podcast, but I'm just talking about talking and connecting. This has been an absolute pleasure. I am so grateful for you for reaching out and asking me to be on the podcast. I really am just full of gratitude for, being able to, for the opportunity to be here and to talk with you. How can people connect with you, get on your email list, maybe take a class with you or work with you? My website, shawnagalbrand.com. I um, have a newsletter. I send out a weekly newsletter. That is my biggest form of communication now. So that's where you can go hook up with me. Everything is going to be through my website. Again, I'm, it's all unfolding. Um, I do offer classes. My, my winter yin program is coming to a close. There's only two weeks left. And I'm working on how I want to approach the next series. So Everything is on my website and through my newsletter. And that's where you can find me. And links will be in the show notes. Shauna, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome, Kelsey.
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Remember, neither Shauna nor I are on social media, so you get to reach out through to us through our websites. So go to shaunagolbrand.com or kelseyabbott.com. Both of those links will be in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody, share it with everyone. And if you are so inspired, please leave a five-star rating and a glowing review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Thank you so much. You are incredible. You are amazing. You really, truly inspire me. Keep doing what it is you're doing. Keep being super courageous. Keep stepping forward. Keep being brave enough to sit in the stillness. Whatever life is calling to you right now, just keep going. I love you. You're amazing. Go forth and be awesome.